this is Jess from Salty Dolls, and you're listening to Tough City Radio. West Coast. 
And I'm back here on the West Coast after taking a trip to Van. Came back with some perspective, spent all my money on purpose, by accident, and by incident. I came back with less than nothing, but I came back feeling full. Full of life, feeling done with those who are full. I came back feeling full of love for friends, full of love for this place. You know, here where we're all over the map at the end of the road. You see, I passed a car that had careened into a rock face just before the junction on my way in. And suddenly, I was thankful I had been forced to fix my car in Nanaimo. The female cop moved her arms up and down simultaneously, as if engaging my brand new brake shoes telekinetically with her arms. And so, I slowed right down and turned to Tough City Radio, the very station, dear listener, you tuned into right now. And then, it all suddenly switched on. Fino instantly changed from a distant dreamland in the minds of urban sky train riders and Nanaimo, Port Alberni, Islander Blue, Collar Folk. To the magical rainforest scape we come to love, it springs alive the minute you drift into the reach of its airwaves. Back in action, look, there's a native hitchhiker by Tyostanis Reserve waving a strobe light in the pitch black. There, on the side of the road, pull over, tell him to hop in and turn up the tunes. Al's Beats and Treats moves from technical house to, of course, drum and bass. Hmm. Carrying you to the potlatch parking lot crammed full of plenty of cars. The fact you got scammed $40 just days ago in Vancouver's urban recesses trying to get into the Ajuna Deep's Adam Bear concert doesn't matter anymore. You're going to take the advice of the Northern Native Law student and connect with the true locals, and I do mean true locals. So on that note... I want to shout out to the Pitsit Reserve crew and pass my condolences on to the family of Tony Frank. It was powerful to see hundreds at the potlatch celebrating a life. And similarly, I now want to dedicate the show to a celebration of life. Thinking about the dope AF people you get to meet in, you know, magazine-filled coffee shops along the way, because... It's a journey, it's a video game, in its own way, for sure. Because this is your one shot at the prize, the prize we call life. Because this is the frequency horizon. Synth artist and drum machine aficionado named Fabian Conrad. 
he'll give us a little taste of what he can do right here in the Tough City Radio studios. So hop on the online chat at mixler.com slash tough-city-radio because we might have some Mexican perspectives along the way. So we're going to start off with a track by Luis Del Mar. It's called Loudy. That's the Y is in brackets. It's a new one. Get 
Audi from Luis Del Mar. It's that time of year again. As the spring kicks into high gear, it's in fact the season the whales return and tourism picks up. That's a fact attested to by villagers, fishermen, and tourists with binoculars at the ready in local restaurants and down watching the waves crash against the shore. That means it's whale fest here in the community, the annual celebration of cetaceans, which honors the role the giant marine mammal plays in the economic and spiritual health of our community. So I headed down early Monday morning with plenty of other locals and the community choir to witness the blessing of the boats, helping kick the 30th annual Pacific Rim Whale Festival in tourist season into high gear. It was a moving experience to say the least. We waited for the large Coast Guard boat, commercial ships, kayaks, and tourism vessels to line up as the severity of the morning rain increased. <laughs> Sophie Lum, director of the Tofino Choir for Grown Ups, kept the various vocal lines in sync and on point. <laughs> Anglican Rector, Reverend Will Ferry, presided over the ceremony. Who has set us over the works of his hands, be with you all. We pray, Lord, that you will bless this water taken from your ocean, and in the blessing, remind us of the sacredness of all water. Amen. Today we gather to bless these ships and these boats and those who work on them. To protect our country, to protect our citizens, to provide food from these waters, and those who use these waters for recreation, sightseeing, transport, and family outings. Let us pray. Creator God, we ask your presence upon this event and the blessing of The rector enlisted a couple of youngsters to help spray a line of vessels passing by the first street dock with water using colorful toy guns. Upwards of 20,000 gray whales are heading north from the Baja Peninsula to Alaska. And who wouldn't want to stop off in Tofino along the way? 
As the Vancouver Aquarium Orca statue was recently vandalized, as SeaWorld announces its halting killer whale shows, it's nice to remember how long our community has recognized the significance of Pacific Giants. Go to PacificRimWhaleFestival.com for a full lineup of events, or stay tuned to Tough City Radio. Thanks to the Tofino Choir there. I'm looking forward to seeing them out at more community events in the days to come. So let's speed things up a little bit with a nice electricity track from Logistics. It's called Sure the Sunrise.
That was logistics. As sure as the sunrise. Love that one. Really upbeat, really fun, really positive. Just came on as I was editing my piece, and I figured, you know, why not get that out there? So now we have a live guest in studio. And this isn't just any live guest. This is someone who participated in a really interesting event over the weekend and also is a Tafishan. Erin Lynn McMullen is passionate about her words. From Toronto, the writer has been living in Tofino on and off since 2010. She's particularly intertwined with the story of Romeo and Juliet, which she has spun into something much more magical. So I actually want to ask you first and foremost, you know, is this your first time on the radio? Uh, absolutely not. No, I was a radio DJ for CKRW 98.1 in the Yukon. A radio DJ? What kind of uh, a setup did they have there? Live studio, the whole works? What was it, what was it like? Uh, absolutely. They had the old school mixing board and they also had the modern computer like you do. Yeah, we have a pretty old school mixing board right here. Although we might be getting to use a newer school mixing board sometime in the future. And I ran Trader Time as well, which was a lot of fun. It's kind of like Coronation Street for listeners with what, an option. What is that Trader Time, like a sort of a swap and shop kind of deal? So you call in and you say, woman's engagement ring, never worn, selling. So there's a subtext for everything. Oh, really? That's kind of playful. Now, uh, you actually had the opportunity to participate in something that's never happened before which is screenwriters really being put front and center at a Women in Film Festival. How did you hear about this originally? Actually, it was my teacher, Sarah Grape, who encouraged me to enter the contest. And it was a bit of a gong show because it was 10 days after I handed in my thesis, which is also the same screenplay. Tell me a little bit about this screenplay because I did I reference it in the intro, but uh, it really is a story of, let's say, Romeo and Juliet, had gone even further back in history and were somehow misplaced in Japan. Is that right? Yeah, this is Romeo and Juliet in 12th century Japan. And Ren is a fictional character, but she's set against the backdrop of the clan warfare between the Minamotos and the Taira. She's a Taira, and she falls in love with Yoritomo, who is a Minamoto, while the Taira and Minamoto are still allies. However, <laughs> in the midst of the story, um, her grandfather, the warlord, executes almost all of Yuri's family, and Yuri is spared, and but sent into exile. What a guy, eh? <laughs> and Yuri would come back to be the first shogun to launch 700 years of Japan's shogunate. Now, uh, shogun, it, that's something that I'm familiar with just from the fact that one of the, a lot of the records that we play on this show are put up by a record label called Shogun Audio. In fact, uh, the head of Shogun Audio I had played some tracks over the weekend that I had picked for my show. We may play later tonight, but I'm curious to know what that refers to. Like, what actually is a shogun? So, Kiyomori himself, Kiyomori no Taira, who would be Ren's fictional grandfather, but he was a real person in history, he actually had the first informal military government. Um, Japan's government had been run by the emperors for many years, many thousands of years, and uh, he brought in this sort of military rule but Yoritomo no Minamoto was actually the first official shogun. Which is like a kind of a samurai the head of warrior the military. or head exactly. of the military. A samurai warrior. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And so 
you know, I don't know if you want to give away your ending or anything like that, but it sounds like there's, you know, some interesting love bubbling up despite that. Was that fun to write? Oh, absolutely. It's the most fun I've had writing. So, yeah, I had to do a lot of research as well. I've been looking at Tales of the Hekka, which is actually a 13th century chronicle that was compiled from uh, Biwa players who were wandering minstrels, is how we would imagine them, um, often monks, and they would tell these tales of the Hekka, and it was all collected into a book in the 13th century and translated into English since. And it's obviously not just you that thought this was a cool tale to tell and, and read, but in fact, you know, you were selected to participate just over the weekend in a woman in film festival. Uh, what, what, what's the name of the film festival again? Vancouver International Women in Film Festival. Kind of a or VWIF 2016. VWIF, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> VWIF 2016. And, you know, just having been in Vancouver myself, I can just imagine what it must have been like to head to the mainland and participate in something that's, you know, much larger than the stage that, you know, you'd normally be on at Tofino. What, what did that experience feel like to you? Um, it was absolutely incredible because um, women in film and television who hosted it are advocates for women in the film and television industry. And it was very much a supportive and collaborative atmosphere rather than a competitive atmosphere. So lots of love for four days solid. Now, I know that you had kind of marked off on your little agenda what kind of talks and what films that you wanted to go to. I know Melanie Friesen was one of the, the talks that you wanted to attend. Did you end up going to that one, or what were some of your favorites that you would want to kind of mention? Melanie Friesen had some great stories, and she really prepared us to get ready to um, put our scripts in front of a producer, and she actually used to select scripts for Martin Scorsese's purview. No way. Yes. <laughs> she told us some story about a film, and I'm, I'm not sure which one now, because she gave us so many stories, yeah. but she found this film that had been rejected by the last three people in her job and ran over to his house after dinner and actually hand-delivered the script and said, hey, we should do this. Wow. That's, that's someone that you kind of want to take some pointers from, hey? Absolutely. Do you feel like just by attending this film festival, you had an opportunity to, would you say, even grow over the weekend? Um, grow and be inspired, really. My favorite day of all time was being with the other screenwriters. We had an artist talk on the Saturday morning, and that was really great because by that time I was really comfortable at the festival. I'd met a lot of people. We introduced ourselves ahead of time. There were five of us, including myself, and um, it was just like an informal talk like this, actually, with a lot of people sitting around the fireside and asking us questions about screenwriting and letting us talk about how excited we are about that. Do you get to see some films too? Every single day. Um, <laughs> so a day at VWIF was basically artist talks in the morning, so I attended some from the filmmakers as well. Um, then there'd be some sort of workshop, a collection of shorts in the afternoon usually grouped around a theme like compelling characters, and then there'd be a double feature in the evening. There was even a short that was paired with the double feature that had Ian Tracy from Intelligence in it. And apparently he was in the theater, but I missed him. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of Intelligence. I know a lot of people slag it for being one of those CBC shows, but I don't see it that way at all. I think it's a really well-written show, and you know, there's some strong female characters in it for sure. Um, you know, is that something that you were happy to see when you were there? Like, was there quite a bit of female characters presented in interesting lights on the various flicks that you took in? Um, yes, there was, but a point that was made during our artist talk is that women can really write anything, so we can write men or women. 
samurais or <laughs> or outer spacemen. <laughs> that's, that's a really good point, and I just was figuring I'd throw out at you, uh, just kind of very randomly, you know, are there any, you know, for the Frequency Horizon listeners here, are there any, you know, whether it was just over this weekend or just in general, any sunset, sunrise, or horizon moments that you can think of that you'd like to share that are something that stuck with you, whether it was, like I say, over this weekend or just in general? Explain it, sunset. So I, I, it's something I like to ask a lot of my guests. Okay. Uh, just, you know, is there, you know, any sort of interesting horizon moments that, whether it was over the weekend, stuck with you, I can think of a few myself being on the ferry and, and that kind of thing, That moments that uh, were, you know, just looking out at the horizon, offered a little bit of perspective or anything you can think of, or possibly up in the Yukon? Um, I was going to say the ferry on the way back was super choppy, so it was a really interesting metaphor, I suppose, for what screenwriters go through, because um, unlike many of the screenwriters, I have a big budget international co-production in mind, and casts of thousands, uh, gin cavalry, big battle scenes, lots of locations in Japan and China, um, but we got through safely. So I really had the feeling over this weekend that I was actually going to be able to get this script produced and I got a lot of the tools to help me to do that. That's an interesting metaphor considering just over the weekend there was a BC Ferries that did hit one of the pilings and was sort of taken out of service, so I'm glad to see you made it back safe and sound. I'm really excited to see where your screenplay goes from here and uh, you know, thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me Drew, I really appreciate it. My next thing I'm gearing up for is the Nickel Fellowship and that's May 1st, the deadline. You're gonna knock it out of the park. I hope so. <laughs> So, I actually want to now play a song, a song that, that was, was brought up to my attention over the weekend, and I'm going to dedicate it, of course, to Nevin. It's called Kaleidoscope, which is a theme that does go with the frequency horizon a lot. You wouldn't think Tiesto would, but now it does. So, here's Tiesto with Kaleidoscope, featuring Jonesy.
That was Tiesto Kaleidoscope. Shout out to Nevin and shout out to our Mexican listeners. Because we've got Bernardo de la Torre on the line. Hey, are you there, Bernardo? Yes, I'm here. How's uh, life down in Sayulita? Uh, pretty good. There was, there was like 200 surfers on the beach and it was pretty pretty interesting and like mellow day. Nice. I'm glad to hear you're relaxing down there. Now, last time we heard about Sayulita, it was when I bumped into the atmosphere gathering organizer randomly on a plane a couple episodes back which we played on the frequency horizon he was off to Sayulita mm. to do a little bit of re- relaxing and I'm just wondering uh, you know I-, I never got to hear how it was for him to actually be there but what's the atmosphere like in that west coast mes- Mexican town well it's pretty well, after after the storm in like the storm of Car- Carmelita, it was pretty um, pretty mellow. Uh, it's like 30 degrees right now, and uh, no 25 degrees right now, and um, it's uh, it's a really place. It's a really um, colorful place like full of uh, different smells and stuff and I, I, I'm liking it a lot. Now I've, I've never been to Sayulita. I've been to Mazatlan, I've been to Puerto Vallarta which is kind of in the general vicinity uh, but I like to think in my mind that Sayulita is similar to Vancouver Island and to Tofino. I think about them as sister cities. Is that a fair comparison? Uh, yeah, it's 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 more of a hippie town here. Like, there's a lot of people like living of like selling CDs in the streets and like selling um, artwork and souvenirs and like the industry of food, like fast food is it's not not really as 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 big as as corny or other places in um, the Comox or Vancouver Island. Yeah, it's it's a totally different kind of atmosphere, even from when I was in Mexico, and you can check out my adventure to Mexico um, at soundcloud.com slash frequency horizon. We, we have that up there as a podcast you can download and listen to, and We'll have this up as well in the future. Um, but it's Sayulita, I understand, is, is also a place that artists and, dare I say, electronic music producers go to get inspiration from time to time. And you had a run-in from someone that we've played on our show. In fact, an artist that was played and, and picked to play earlier today on Tough City Radio, um, just a recording of, and I'm talking about Apparat. Now, Apparat... Um, they have this sort of almost Euro vibe and technical vibe. Um, but I'm wondering if you could tell me what you know about the creation of their track called Sayulita. Oh, well, um, Aparad was, uh, was making an album in Sayulita 
many years ago, and um, I was the waiter of of a place called Hell. What was it I called? Used to, I I used to make the meals every morning. What and, was the uh, restaurant called? They, they stayed they stayed a bunch of time. They stayed a lot of uh, a lot of time in in Sayulita making that album and I used to like hang out with them and being in the middle of the the process of making those sounds and everything. It was kind of fun. That sounds really interesting. I'm glad you got to be a part of that and you know on that note let's I want to thank you Bernie for coming on the program giving us a live correspondence report straight from Sayulita, Mexico. It's something that I was hoping we could organize for quite some time, and we've got it on the, on the lockdown there. But now, on the frequency horizon, we're going to drift into the delectable strains of Sayulita by Apparat. Check it out.
that one there was for Bernardo de la Torre, electronic music producer. He's in Sayulita right now and gave us a report. But also for John Ugalde, who has his own productions and DJ sets that he produces. He's a Mexican guy himself. He's tuned in to Mixer before the frequency horizon and he tuned in tonight, so thanks so much. So now we're going to move into something that was actually put on the air by the very guy I was talking about earlier on in my chat with that wondrous screenwriter, Aaron. That's right, I'm talking about something that DJ Friction had selected for his show earlier this week on BBC Radio 1. That's Caliber, and the song is Peso. And all you Mexican folk out there, I hope the pesos are plentiful. Cheers.
to the beach portion there of uh, Mackenzie Beach for the project. The mayor and the, CBO, the CAO will be allowed to execute the agreements that they're wanting to put together. Waycore Holdings Limited, you know, the big winner, in the amount of $624,708.80 for the Hellison Drive Road and Beach Area Improvement Project. Although I will say, I don't know how often Mackenzie Beach is going to be circable this summer. Regardless, there's new rules coming through for folks out there who have vacation rentals. You know, through, for example, Airbnb and whatnot. You're supposed to get a business license. You know, not everyone's been doing that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the Fino Council and, and the district has an ability to enforce this. So it's something they're looking at. And they're going to be doing an education campaign in the days to come, so respect that. Especially because, you know, it's really important to treat the people that come through the Fino with respect. And I think that's what seems to be at heart, at the heart of this proposal. Finally, I wanted to mention that one of the big items that was discussed at the Pino Council today had to do with the environment. Because the environment is something that's very close to our hearts, but people have different opinions as to how to make sure that we keep the Pino the way it is, pristine, beautiful, and amazing. And I'm talking about where we put our money, putting our money where our mouth is. Right now, it'd be really hard for the province of BC to invest in green projects vis-a-vis -vis fossil fuel investments. Now, fossil fuel investments make up about 10% of what BC put its, puts its money in in hopes of growing. But not all councillors were supportive of the idea of rejigging what we do with our money. So now, Frequency Horizon listeners, we have something we've never tried before. Something that has taken a lot of chords, a lot of organization. This is a sonic experiment, to say the least. Because today, we have a man, Fabian Conrad, a man who I've been excited to bump into on the street and see play synth lines live at community space just around the corner. So I invited him on the program to show us what he can do in a live performance Welcome, Fabian Conrad, with his 
Pathetic Madness in analog form. Fabian Conrad, so with a little taste of what we have in store. Thanks for tuning in once again. We're live at City Radio Studios here. 
have more to come. But first thing I want to tell you about Baby, baby is, that is that he's someone, someone who's been, been a devoted listener to the Frequency Horizon, and I want to thank him for that. Uh, this is just to remind you guys that Tofino is a place of musicians and artists and artisans. Don't think that you can't make a difference, that you can't make an impact, that your music does not have relevance because here's a perfect example where live music goes from the studio to his earbuds, earphones around the world. You may just want a little bit of a paper book to write in, some notes, something to look at, something to do, this and that. So without further ado,
City Radio. Good to have a little bit of experimentation every once in a while on the program. You know, it's nice to have the structured pieces too, but it really is nice to be able to try something different. What were those songs called? Do you have, do you have names for them? Maybe? Um. Yeah, we we're on. It's working. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Um. Okay, um, well, the last one, I kind of came up on the spot and started party. Disco party. Yeah. Pretty odd name. Pretty dark, too, hey? Yeah. I, I like the kind of aggressive sound and, you know, stuff and whatnot. I'd be lying if I said, if I, said I wasn't feeling it. That's pretty cool. What about uh, before that? Um, that was um, a jam that I tried playing. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, well, how did you come up with it? How did I come up with it? 
Um, is this something that you've, you've you've played before or sounds that you've played before? I mean, what goes into a track like that? Well, I, I play and play, and you know, if I if I like it, I'll take it as a program, and maybe I'll go back to it and try jam along to that music. And half the time, I'm kind of really hard time doing the same thing twice. <laughs> In a way, I could almost see it being hard to replicate something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, and that, that's what I kind of like uh, like about it. It's, See, what I kind of liked about it was um, the fact that you were willing to try something different, try something, you know, delve into maybe deeper emotions, um, when on the surface you look, geez, you know what, there's, there's a few keys, there's fun buttons to press, you get a vocoder, you could have a lot of fun with it, but you decide to kind of like delve into a deeper mood, right? Like, what mindset are you usually in when you're creating the music or even experimenting? Um, mindset is... I don't really have anything in particular, really. Like I just, I kind of press something and then try to respond back to it and play around and you know take what I'm hearing and then try and add something a little more to it. That's pretty cool. Why do you tell me a little bit about your synthesizer? Because you know, folks can't see it here, but I had a chance to play with it the other day and it was actually uh, it's quite a quite a good little synth I mean it has three different I could be wrong about this but it seems like it has three or four different oscillators you can kind of play at the same time yeah. you know what is that is that something you picked specifically or what have you found to like about this particular synthesizer um well I was kind of looking a few months ago I bought it and I was at the music store and you know that the guy that I usually see at the music store was like hey should I check this synth out, I think you'll like it. And like I looked at it at first and I kind of liked it and I was like, you know, there's a lot to it, but maybe, I don't know, I, I kind of wanted to go a little more minimalist at first, but then I kind of like watched a few videos, saw the capabilities of it, not that uh, the demo videos for synths are usually that great and kind of done a little cheesily, but still I, I got a kind of good idea of what I had and it was, um, it's my first, it's my first synthesizer. Interesting. Um, has an, it's an analog and digital crossover, which is, I, I think, just like the perfect kind of introductory synthesizer. So let's unpack that for people for a bit there. Uh, you said it has a sequencer. Now a sequencer is basically means you can record lines and kind of play them back. Is that right? Or how does it work? Yeah, you can um, record them and you can also kind of like adjust the spacing in different spots. I didn't really, I didn't really use the sequencing that much when I was just playing, but um, sometimes I do because, you know, you can save the program and then you can light up other things and add on more little notes. Sometimes it's almost fun to more just go with the flow, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, building little sequences and, you know, A to B to C, you know, that's one way to do it, but, you know, are you really as much in the moment? I mean, what have you found is kind of, how do you find you get your best sounds? Um, usually just having fun and enjoying um, whatever comes out. You know, um, not let myself get too frustrated over a slight little mistake or anything. Go with it. 
Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little pre-recording that we did. Oh. If you don't mind. No, not at we all. We did a little interview ahead of time, and we were outside of uh, of Kuma. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of how we got I got the idea to invite you on the program. Um, is that we were just kind of I just come off the surf myself on a quite interesting day, a very chaotic day. That yeah. the waves were sort of practically all over. It wasn't menacing. It wasn't easy to get out, I did get out, um, but uh, certainly the waves are playful in their own kind of fun way, but um, certainly you get out and it's still kind of gray out. Do you remember that day? Yeah, yeah, I remember the tree change from that day. Pretty much, yeah, that's, like, that's a pretty good descriptor. Here we go. Hopefully this will play for us. So, let's just see if technology will be well. just a wonderful new world of music to experience and I really enjoy what Drew does um, it's always keeping it fresh playing all sorts of music all sorts of noisy stuff as well I dig it all
I just want you guys to know it looks like there's almost like some sort of ayahuasca goddess holding an apple in the background with amazing forearm coverings that stretch up like in a glove. It's at night, there's all sorts of synthesizers surrounding and, and this is the environment in which Fabian Conrad is getting his inspiration for this track. So there it was, a little glimpse into Fabian Conrad's performance at the Friends of Clickwatt Sound community space, which interestingly enough, that was a moment in time and that moment in time has passed. In fact, tour season, as we know, is coming up here in Tofino. People are gonna be pumping through like crazy and that means the owners of this space have returned and are gonna be setting up a shop once again. What's it like to look back at a performance that you know maybe you didn't know was recorded, maybe you didn't know you'd ever hear that particular synthetic line that you put together again. Um, I, was, I was really interested that it got recorded because um, some, sometimes I do a few recordings myself and I usually have a hard time replicating them, so. But sometimes you end up being something kind of enjoyable and, you know, it just kind of brings you to the moment of when I was doing it how much fun I was having and stuff, and, you know, like the audience was feeling around about it and stuff. And, yeah. What's that, the name of your instrument that you were using there, the little drum machine? It's called the Volker Beats. Volker Beats, is that like German or something? Um, it's a chord, it's from the chord series. Oh, really? They have, they have, like, four different models of these handheld synthesizers. Sampler, synthesizer, bass synthesizer, and a drum machine, and they're all really cool instruments. They all have battery powers, they build in speakers, take it anywhere, and just fool around with it. It was actually my first electronic instrument I've had, and I've had it for just over a year now. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Well, you can, you kind of obviously learning how it works and learning what you like to do with it. Do you think you might uh, be able to give us a little more synth synthesizer madness here before the end of our show? Yeah, I'd love to. So then, uh, without further ado, I invite you to hop on. Um, um, maybe I can show you a recording? Yeah, actually, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Let's do that. You want to do that? Yeah, why I don't you do that? I got one on my phone. Yeah, yeah, I think we'd be able to, to figure that out. Well, what I'm going to do is, in the meantime, I got um, a song lined up here that I'd like to play. Um, it's called Crossfade because you know we're in the business of, you know, 
crossfading between vibes and energies and different types of electronics and even indie rock and everything else here on the frequency horizon. So let's play Gus Gus Crossfade the Maceoplex Mix. Oh, looks like that is offline. Looks like that's not going to work. So let's go back to let's go back to the idea of playing straight from your phone. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Um. Give me a minute. Can I do it from here? So I can plug it into. Yeah. Sure. All right, right on. What is this for listening to? Um, this one's called um, Waves. I like it. Yeah, I was trying to go for sounds that um, just remind me of Waves. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I like it. I can. I can see that for sure.
Okay. So what was that we were listening to? Um, oh, wait. It's really good, man. Thank you. How long have you had that recorded for? Um, last month. Oh, yeah. that last month. Over at Jamie's or where? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just, you know, I got like the guitar amps connected to it and, you know, I feel like I have the right mindset and I'm in the right mood. I'll, and, you know, I set up something that I really like, I just record it and stuff. But it's funny, a lot of times I end up deleting my recordings because my phone has such limited space. A lot of times I'd rather listen to other people's music on my own. Well, that's tragic, man. <laughs> but I do the same thing. I literally do the same thing. Like, I was looking for the recording that I, I did of you not too long ago on my phone and I realized it wasn't even on my phone anymore because I had to make more space, right? Yeah. So that's, I had to find it on my computer and, you know, oh, isn't that interesting how technology kind of forces us into these weird mind frames where like we're really in small little ways like that slaves to technology? Yeah. I mean, it, it, in that instance specifically, like, you know what I mean? It, it, it sort of, in order to create more space for something new, I, you know, had to move something to a weird spot, a new storage location. Is it in the cloud? Is it here? Is it there? Um, you know, your storage location ends up being all cluttered with all random stuff that you store up, and then you start looking around, and you're like, where is it? Well, and this is just a perfect example, because here we are, like, putting together a Tough City Radio broadcast, and, um, you know, we get to play it, but because it's, you know, not on my phone, or... or you know, it's not in the cloud, or it could be here, there, there's this, it's on a computer, so we ended up playing it just so you, all you listeners out there know, we ended up basically sticking on a microphone out to the computer, and so that's how you, but I mean, it's cool too, because you get the extra ambient noise, it's like listeners are actually here in the studio, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But, <laughs> yeah, you know. I think it's a good thing at times, you know, I mean, definitely extra space going on around it sometimes in the right place and some people hate that you know there's people out there and it's all to each their own really mm-hmm. right but what is it you like about capturing that ambient energy and putting it into your music whether that's through vocals as we heard some vocals tonight or through you know synth lines Like the idea of you're saying capturing this kind of ambient energy that's around and putting it into a new form. How? Like what? Like what do you like about that? Oh, what do I like about? It? Um. Well, I I like it because I kind of have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I don't have a lot of gear. I'm kind of traveling, so you know, I kind of work with what I got, and but it works. And that's just it too, right? Is that I think a lot of people in Tofino have that experience. Like the most creative minds live in the hippie commune at Pools Line half the time, you know? Yeah. You know? I, I can't say that I've I've seen more music and more energy happen than, you know, when I was living at Pools Line, right? Yeah, I've visited there a few times. That's very interesting. I mean, that's just one very stark example because people are living in tents and whatever. Yeah. 
But um, I think that goes on many levels. A lot of people who are, you know, maybe they have a cabin here, or maybe they have some type of a trailer or something mm-hmm. here in Tofino, but, you know, were they in a big city, they'd probably in a, be in a condo, or they might be, you know, in a suburban house. So, you know, they may have everything. They may, they may seem like they have a lot on the surface, but when you get down into minimalism or bare bones, Sometimes I can actually inspire a lot more creativity. Totally. That's yeah, what I found. It's, it's, it's definitely liberating having less possessions and stuff. Almost think about downsizing even more. Are you still you're still thinking of doing you're gonna go tree planting or something? Uh forest firefighting. For sorry, forest firefighting, yeah. You know, the other end of the kind of silviculture industry. <laughs> yes. You know, maintaining the trees and <laughs> yeah, you still gonna do that? I, I definitely plan on doing that. I'm leaving this weekend actually to uh, go to Victoria and get my tickets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the season starts. It's in April, I'll be a bit later than that. Um, wow. I'll be out there. So you're going to have to do a, maybe produce like a farewell track for us or something I'd, before you go. I'd love to be able to. You know? it'll, be, it'll be through my phone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but however we get the frequencies across the horizon, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, man. Um, actually, we're, we're nearing the end of our time here. Um, and that's kind of sad. That's kind of tragic. But um, I'm going to see if we can play a, a track here. Like I said, I loaded a few tracks in the system. And... Uh, you know, I like to kind of to get stuff out there when I can. This one is called The Real Deal. Let's see if it plays. I picked it to play just to kind of mix in, just because, you know, your stuff has that kind of more in-depth feel. This type of drum and bass. It goes deeper, it goes darker, but it still has a little bit of positivity to it, so... Maybe not exactly the same as the style that you play, but hopefully you like it. It's Intelligent Manners and Command Strange. The real deal. The real deal. And you, my friend, are the real deal. Thanks for coming in to Tough City Radio for a little live performance and a little bit of acoustic mayhem and digital fun. Thank you very much.